Hi, and welcome to episode 5 of Rico's Cafe, deep tech and down-tempo beats brought to you by me, DJ Inc. This episode, I welcome a DJ who I always held a ton of respect for and who not only had an impact on me coming up as a party kid in Atlanta, but I think it's safe to say he played a big part in the East Coast scene in many ways. I'm really excited to bring you a mix from Robert Ashton, aka Bobble. Bobble came to Atlanta by way of Baltimore, where he cut his teeth in the scene there. Bobble was heavily involved in the DJ scene from around 1988 to about 2001, when, like so many of us, he hung up the headphones, presumably to pursue adult life, but, like so many of us, couldn't stay away from the decks and the music too long. I was first introduced to the sounds of Bobble through going to raves and parties in the mid-90s. I knew of Bobble as a liquid drum and bass DJ. Uh, Bob was always a mainstay in the DMB scene and in the second room or the chill out room at many parties. I really missed the concept of those second or third chill out rooms. It was a place where I could go and hear entirely different music than the typical progressive house or trance that I favored back then. And those sounds just washed over me and, and really had a lasting impact. When I began to collect records of my own, I had a bit of a schizophrenic approach to buying where I would just buy things that I heard out that I liked, which would range from trance to deep or tech house to down tempo and, and even some drum and bass, which was a direct influence of Atlanta locals like Bobble, Little Jen, Jesus and Darcy and more. Also, I was being influenced by mix compilations like Cold Cut's 70 Minutes of Madness. And I didn't realize until quite a bit later that you had to be a mad genius or turntablist to be able to play all of those things together. Not a very efficient way for a young aspiring DJ to build a collection or a reputation, but that's a lesson for another time. However, that is another way Bobble influenced me and our city as a slinger of vinyl at Rewind Records in Little Five Points. And in addition to that, Bobble also had a toe in as a producer as well. So let's get Bobble on the line and hear what he has to say before jumping into this great mix he's turned in. Bobble, welcome to Rico's Cafe. How are you, man? I'm doing super. Thanks so much for having me on Rico's Cafe. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Um, you've been a, a big influence uh, for me as well as the city. I understand you just played the Alchemy Burn. So tell us what's that all about and, and how did it go? Alchemy Burn is sort of a regional version of Burning Man. It usually gets about a few thousand people. It's an event that adheres to the same core 10 principles that Burning Man does. So it's a little different than a regular music festival in that it's not really all about the music. Uh, there's so much creativity there. People basically build theme camps. You know, they'll, they'll express themselves through their theme camp. And what we do is a sound camp. The crew that I'm with is one from here in Atlanta called Warehouse that was started by a DJ named Deshay and his uh, partner, DJ Red, who used to do late night sessions here in Atlanta. And this is the third year that I've gone with them. And it was so much fun. I definitely recommend everyone to try it. So I spent a few minutes talking about how you came to Atlanta by way of Baltimore and how I always knew you as a drum and bass DJ, but yet you've actually turned in a fantastic deep tech house mix here. So tell us a little bit about your background and influences and, and really kind of what led you to where you are today. 
Back in Baltimore, I started DJing about 1988, which was right around the time that industrial was like industrial music, and that was sort of making way to the acid house scene and early rave scene. And when I started DJing, the clubs that I started going to and learning from the other DJs there, it was one DJ for the entire night. So you're looking at about, you know, an eight hour stretch, you know, from about 10, 11 at night till about six in the morning. And through that, they would play all different genres of music. You know, you didn't want to have it going, you know, super stormy when people got there. So, you know, they'd have to build up the night and then sort of reach a crescendo around maybe 2 a.m. and then start bringing it down. And so that back at that time, it kind of went through several genres to do that. And so to me, I don't really like to put a limit on what type of music that I'm going to play as far as a genre. I've never really had that barrier and I guess it's because of from back then having those DJs as an influence and uh, I guess that's pretty much why you might have heard me play different styles over time. I, I kind of miss those those days of longer sets and being able to you know have a resident DJ play the entire night and then cover all sorts of ground. You know I think we both kind of experienced that coming up and and it was impactful. Um, you know, one of the other things is that I was the buyer, you know, one of the buyers at Rewind Records that when it was down a little five points. And, you know, so part of my job was to stay up on what was hot in all the different genres. We had different people that specialized in certain genres that helped and assisted with the buying. I was kind of overall had to look at that list and be like, okay, well, you know, let's make sure we get enough of everything and what's hot in the genre. So um, that was kind of part of my job to be up on more than more than one type of music also. You know, I was a buyer at Tower Records probably around the same time. So I was buying a lot of their vinyl and, and kind of going through the same thing. I ran the acid jazz section, so we had to sort of, uh, you know, keep up on everything. And, and man, I really miss uh, Rewind. You guys did a great job there. The first time that, that I realized you were probably more than just a drum and bass DJ was, was actually when I picked up a, a housey release you put out with, with Bride a Guy on Verb Audio. And, and I think I probably got that from you at Rewind. How did you get involved in that, in that production? And is that the only thing you've produced or do you have others that are circulating? Well, I met Brian Bridegai. Uh, he, he came into uh, Record Store Satellite when I was working at Satellite Records, and he said, well, you know, I have this gear, and I said, well, I know what to do, and he said, let's get together. So we got together, and that Drowby Frond is actually the third release that we did on Verb Audio. That one actually got picked up for a mix CD, a DJ named John Kelly, and the mix CD was called Funky Desert Breaks 2. So a lot of people know that song from that mix CD, which is probably why it helped pick up and have a little bit of life on its own. Um, I've also done records on Sonic Soul recordings and uh, also had a little drum and bass tune come out on a um, Smile Recordings drum and bass compilation. All right, so tell us a little bit about this mix you put together. Uh, well, I listened to the other mixes that had come out on Rico's Cafe, and I knew that you were trying to do a little sort of a um, deeper kind of thing. And so I love that kind of stuff, and I've been grabbing it here and there, and I had a bunch of them. But at the same time, I was also on the run-up to Alchemy, and I kind of wanted to also play some of my more dancey stuff. So what I did is I put all the deeper and kind of darker, maybe a little minimal stuff at the front end, and you get through that, and then it makes way to some groove 
groovier, more dance floor friendly stuff towards the end. And I guess like if there was a theme of it, it would be to get through the darkness to get to the light. It was super fun. And um, I like it when it's like that for you. You don't necessarily start at the same mood that you end at. I was just so pleased when you turned in this mix. It, it embodied everything that, that I've been trying to do with this podcast. So cool. Any uh, final shout outs or anything you want to plug? Upcoming gigs or anything? Not really any upcoming gigs, but I do really want to thank Deshay and Red from Warehouse for rescuing me. I kind of live outside the city now and sometimes it's easy to not stay so involved because I need a reason to play. And meeting up with Warehouse and Deshay asking me to come out and be part of what they're doing has really given me a reason to play. And ever since then, I've been so super stoked. Thanks guys, appreciate it. Glad to hear uh, they got you back into the game because uh, again, you were uh, a bit of a legend here in the East Coast in Atlanta and um, we're glad to have you back. So thanks for turning in something for Rico's Cafe. Excellent, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, buddy. Okay, well with that, let's jump into the mix. So without further ado, I am DJ Inc. and this is Rico's Cafe, episode five featuring DJ Bobble. Enjoy.
Okay, thanks again to Bobble for the super deep journey there. Up next, I've paired a new recording to build on this deep vibe, featuring a lot of great new deep tech house with tracks from the Little Helpers label, Fred P, and even a Ricardo Villalobos remix thrown in there. Once again, this is Rico's Cafe, episode 5, with a new one by me, DJ Inc. Enjoy.
highest level of understanding, then you drop everything just to achieve something in your life. When you are doing exactly what you are doing, when you do something that you love, when you forget about the world, world, just
other part of emotional intelligence, the empathy. This is simply caring about other people. Just sincerely love other people. Care about them.